0: All right, Pittsburgh, this is the Death Star here, and you are listening to MMA FanCast. Tune in. Oh, baby, what time is it? You're listening to MMA FanCast. Here are your hosts, Jim Mooney and Luke Pearson. Welcome to the show. I'm Luke, and I'm here joy- joined by uh, Chase. Chase, welcome back to the show. It's excited to have you back on MMA FanCast.
1: How you doing? Happy to be back too.
0: Yeah, it's exciting. We we, we had you on the show before, um, I believe it was your last fight. It was the 247 Fighting Championship title fight, the amateur title fight. We didn't have a chance to have you back on afterwards um, after uh, what was probably a disappointing loss. So if we can start, I know I'm starting the wrong spot, but if we can start there, if we could start there and just have you share whatever you want to share about it, and then we'll pick up with what's going on now
1: uh so i lost my first fight ever it was uh, against cody reese he was a monster he definitely deserved the win um i came in hurt so I, w- I didn't get to train the way i wanted to so he definitely got to train like a beast and i only was training a little bit because i was trying to uh prevent getting hurt worse but uh he beat the living crap out of me so he was the better man that night but i'll try to get that rematch in the future um kind of went into a little depression after that loss. So I like stopped training for a little bit, then COVID hit. So, uh, all the, uh, gyms closed down and stuff. And then, uh, once we were allowed to reopen, uh, I started back at Jiu Jitsu. and, uh, dude, I started weightlifting with Lou and I got super strong and then I uh, started competing in the super fight scene for Jiu Jitsu. did really well. Um, I went against Jacob Bria. He's a college wrestler. Uh, my, uh, I had a super fight at Lou's cause Lou hosted super fights. Uh, why can't I remember Justin Michael? I ended up beating him by decision. He's a monster. He's a Brown belt. Uh, I think he won King of the mat. So basically been on a hot streak in the jiu-jitsu scene and I'm just coming back to make my presence known in the MMA world again.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, Chase, you brought up something that I want to park on a little bit. And it's more just to encourage everybody that hears this, whether they're a fighter or not, that emotional things, whether we think of it as mental health or we just think of it as having a good day or a bad day, emotional things really is a huge part of, of how we live. And it's okay to be disappointed and sad when something big doesn't really go the way you know you were you were wanting it to go. And I, I think it's it's exaggerated in fighting because obviously the highs are really high and the lows are really low, right? Um, and a great example of that would be like a Mike Tyson who still, I think he's dealing with, uh, the emotional ups and downs and some of his issues with, because it it's, it can be really challenging. So what have you learned about yourself or maybe your coaches or something like that? What have you learned since November when you had your loss and things got weird, you know, the loss and then COVID and what did you learn about what, what makes you healthy?
1: Uh, so really after that like I just started to to like climb out of that hole I just started to focus on myself I started lifting like I said with Lou and then training we did a uh little uh what was it the prohibition jiu-jitsu if you know what I mean so yeah. got back at it early well I had an advantage because most gyms were closed and we kind of did a little training before uh we were allowed to open up but um had that little jump start and then uh just started lifting man and just found a fell in love with lifting and I started running long distances and just started getting in real good shape. And then, uh, yeah, it was just focusing on myself that got me out of the hole.
0: Sure. And a big part of that just from the emotional health side is focusing on yourself and focusing on what you can control. One of the challenges in a fight is there are going to be things that you can't always fully control. You can control what you do, but obviously there's an opponent in there doing what his game plan is. And in life, particularly with pandemics, right? And that's a whole thing. But with pandemics, the world got focused on what somebody couldn't do. But I think a lot of people benefited from focusing on what they could do. Like you said, going on runs, doing anything that's your choice in a pandemic increases the focus on what you can do and decreases the focus on what you can't do. So um, that sounds like a healthy recovery process. Now you've mentioned weightlifting and I've seen some of the photos cause you posted some photos on Facebook. So when, when you get into weightlifting, how is that going to relate to your weight? Cause you're still fighting at 70, right?
1: Yep. Um, I definitely put on a little bit of weight, like bulked up a little bit, but it's no problem. Actually. I feel my weight cut, uh, is going really well right now. I'm low. So, uh, it didn't really affect anything. I just got super, super strong and way better looking.
0: Well, the beard is way better on point than the last time I saw you. I'm just saying that is that is glorious. So one beard guy to another, that looks that looks great. Um, and of course, you're getting more handsome with, with your age, of course. Um, you are still young. I, I yeah. remember having that having that discussion, and both both you and your previous opponent both talked about being young and kind of both were undefeated. And you know, obviously you both knew that you need these type of matchups um, in the regional. And you have another matchup like that um, coming up with a guy that's only lost once and you've only lost once. So another very high level. So let's, let's start looking into the November fight that's coming up. This is for two for seven fighting championships, which are having fights the day before Thanksgiving, which is the 25th and then the Saturday after Thanksgiving. So talk to us about uh, your opponent and then I'll talk to you about the whole process of getting on that card.
1: Yeah. Uh... I'm fighting Brogan Anders. He's uh five wins, one loss. He's a complete monster. He has wins over to Moon Hawkins, Braden Liggett, and uh, Darren Williams, which are some pretty big local guys in the uh, 170-pound division in Ohio and PA. Um, I know he's a black belt in judo. I think he might have wrestled in college. Uh, so he's definitely the biggest threat I've ever faced as a uh, from like a grappler. Cause uh, I'm usually used to grappling strikers and this is the first time I've really fought a grappler since my uh, debut. So.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Well, one of the things is you've mentioned getting back to your uh, jiu-jitsu roots and, you know, really enjoying that. And it sounds like you had a couple wins, which is good for confidence. I think it'd be very challenging in the MMA world because even at the pro level or amateur level, you really don't fight that often in MMA, but in the kickboxing, boxing, Muay Thai, jiu-jitsu world, people tend to take fights more often. So, Every weekend. <laughs> yeah, they do. So is it is it something you want, as you continue to do MMA after this fight, is there is it something you want to keep doing, maybe start getting into more uh, jiu-jitsu tournaments or even more uh, potential Muay Thai things like that to stay busy? Because the MMA stuff really happens only maybe three times a year, four times a year.
1: Um, probably more into super fights for jiu-jitsu, not as much muay thai and kickboxing mm-hmm. and boxing. Uh, I have, I love this one promotion. It's called Fight to Win. They come to Pittsburgh like once or twice a year for uh, super fights for jiu-jitsu. I was on it last year. Super well run promotion. Um, but yeah, definitely I'll try to look to make a name in the grappling world too because grappling's in the like the new sport you know what i mean it's coming up and it's getting real popular so i'll try to do what gilbert burns does and dominate the grappling scene and the mma scene around pittsburgh so
0: you kind of brought up a better name than, than doing that right because it it's still very valuable in mma to get your name built somehow some people do it in the actual mma cage but some people bring it in through other things like dc cormier and others with the wrestling or um i'm still thinking of of uh Wonderboy Thompson. Game yeah. Game probably the most ridiculous, right? With, yeah. With street fighting, but but obviously Josh Thompson with um I'm sorry, um uh, Wonderboy. Yeah, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson with uh with his supposedly undefeated kickboxing or karate background. I mean that was that was something so it's always good to to create your name. Um, and obviously brought up Gilbert Burns. What do you think makes Gilbert Burns um the monster he is transitioning? From the jiu-jitsu world to the MMA world,
1: probably his uh, move to uh, Hard Knocks MMA. I think it's called Hard Knocks. It's an MMA camp down in Florida. Okay, they're beasts down there, man. They're just all elks, man. <laughs> I, I get to some of my boys get to go down there and train, and uh, I see all these stories they put on their Snapchats and then their Instagram stories. It's just a bunch of elks walking around.
0: Yeah. Well, talk about your talk about your gym. You already mentioned it, but talk about how it is to train with that coach and those teammates and are any of your teammates fighting on, on either of these cards in November?
1: I ended up, uh, switching my camp to the academy with, uh, comma worthy and Dave Sash. Yeah. Um, I love it. I've, uh, working with John DeJesus, uh, Justin Patton, Jake Schilling, calm himself, Dave, uh, all their students are killing it too. Uh, I love everybody there. They're, they all, they welcome me with like open arms, like, uh, So I already felt a part of the team when I got there. Uh, It's sick though. I think we have two other fighters on the card, Justin Patton for sure fighting. And I think, I don't know the other kid that well yet. I think his name is Brandon, but I got to see him in practice. He's a
0: beast. You know, when when you were listening through those, uh, those names there that the Academy has been, and it's just growing even more into a who's who obviously John DeJesus has an incredible fight coming up for Bellator against Aaron Pico, which I had him on the show. I had John on the show to talk about that fight. And of course he's excited because nobody's going to be watching it for him. They're going to be all watching it for Aaron. Cause Aaron's got the hype train, but they're going to see him perform. Really? Right. And that's another way to just, <laughs> Hey, he's going to get more exposure like he did when he fought that undefeated Russian dude, you know, that he just, yeah. did. he's going to have more exposure when people are looking at the opponent. And that's kind of an exciting thing. And it sounds like your opponent coming up, you have a great reputation and he has a great reputation as well. So, and always hats off to Ryan and Jim Mooney from uh, 247, dealing with all of these things and putting on two great cards. Now you happen to be on the card after Thanksgiving, not the one before Thanksgiving. So how does that work with you? Because every person I've interviewed that's on the Wednesday card is so happy They don't have to worry about cutting weight on Thanksgiving. So where are you with that mindset of, oh, you're not going to be able to partake on Thanksgiving?
1: It doesn't really bother me because every year I usually fight around this time. So I never really get to have Thanksgiving or celebrate my birthday. So it's just kind of used to it by now. Then I pig out after.
0: Okay, well, that's good. And your birthday is, is it on your fight or just very close to it? The 11th. The 11th, right. So it's a little bit before um, actually, that's this Wednesday, so that's that's exciting, uh, and on Veterans Day, so it's always on Veterans Day. So yeah. thanks to everyone who has served uh, the armed forces, we're we're grateful uh, to you, and so um, Happy Veterans Day, everybody coming up on Veterans Day, and Happy Birthday to you. You are turning what age this week? Twenty-two. Twenty-two. Yeah. So like we talked last time, you're still very young. And what was your first experience with Jujitsu? And I know we're jumping back now, but I'm guessing you were a teenager. What got you into it? What was that like for you?
1: 14 or 15 years old, I think. And uh, I I got picked on growing up, so like I didn't like, you know, like I just had to find something. And eventually, my cousin started watching Joe Rogan. We started talking about jujitsu. I found a place, and then I started training. I think 14 or 15 years old. But uh, yeah, I've loved it ever since. It's just my lifestyle now. So it's the only thing that you know that I can really just get lost in and just do forever. Like I can do jujitsu for 24 hours straight, no stop, no break. It's just
0: speaking of that. Have you gotten into any sub only competitions?
1: Uh, not that I know about, I know I'm going to, uh, ADCCs in, uh, I think February, unless it was moved. I'm not a hundred percent sure to talk to my, uh, talk to my coaches about it, but.
0: Yeah, it's a tough time with COVID and social distancing. You can't really socially distance in jiu-jitsu. So, um, but yeah, I mean, when when you were mentioning that you love jujitsu and you, you could go all day, I think I'm not trying to offend jiu-jitsu people because, you know, some will say it's got to be the gi, but I think the most traditional is gi sub only, right? Like unlimited time gi, right? That's what I... Have been like
1: oh, no, no gi and gear, like both famous. It's uh, you, there's tons of different rule sets. There's EBI, like ADCC, and then it all depends if you have a gi or no gi on. Depending, uh, like in gi, you cannot you can't reap or uh, heel hook, which the IBJJF supposedly switching that soon. Which is uh, it's another <laughs> uh, rule set base. Um, but yeah, there's tons of rule sets. There's tons of different stuff you can do. There's even combat jiu-jitsu now where you would slap people while you're doing jiu-jitsu
0: oh wow when is where is that because i have yet to i have yet to been plugged into people doing combat jiu-jitsu which i think could transition more easily to mma down the road if people get used to um a striking element in jiu-jitsu that's uh, it
1: i don't know any local events i know uh just it's on ufc fight pass all the time like Eddie oh saw.
0: okay so it might be more well Hey, we all know 25 years ago when the UFC started and that was the only real place, mostly there were some other things um, where MMA was happening. So that might be something that gets brought in. Now you mentioned a variety of rule sets and I want to talk about the rule sets in Pennsylvania because it's something that you're still an amateur. So there's, you're not on pro rules, but you're on advanced amateur rules which change the rule set. So first off. What do you like and dislike about the advanced amateur rules in this fight, and obviously your last fight you know as an advanced amateur in defense
1: uh advanced amateur now like it like you're pretty much weapons free when it comes to submissions there's leg locks everything's really legal from chokes and stuff I think you're allowed to neck crank as well um so i really i i do love the advanced uh amateur rules the only thing i dislike about the uh advanced amateurs. You're not allowed the elbow to the head yet on the ground or standing knees to the head, obviously, and kicks. I've been training with Kama and DeJesus, man, and they'd be kicking me in the head. And it's like, now I, st- I want to start kicking people in the head too. So, um, but the, uh, I, I do like the advanced rules, uh, but I do want to go pro here soon. So,
0: yeah. And That's talking cool. about that, we had, um, we had some people on that train with pros and they're an amateur level. And I think it is good. Shout out to those guys. Obviously, they're at the really the highest that you can get in pros, Bellator and UFC um, and the Academy, Pittsburgh Academy is big for Pittsburgh. It's also big for 247 fighting championships. I think they'll always have people from that gym on. That's a big um, support. But what's it like, even though you're going to be in a limited rule set, what's it like training in a more unlimited rule set like what's it like knowing that you can defend head kicks and that you're more well-rounded than just amateur rules
1: i don't know i just feel safer when i can throw all my weapons that's it like i'm that's i just feel safe uh like justin Ganchi. like my best defense is my offense you know what i mean so uh yeah i just like being able to throw this stuff but uh yeah, I don't really feel any different. I just feel in danger the whole time I've been there. I just, I'm just trying not to get knocked out, so.
0: Yeah, you know, that brings up a really interesting point because when you ask somebody about head kicks and advanced amateur head kicks are still not allowed, knees to face still aren't allowed, elbows aren't allowed, you would think people would say, oh, I feel safer, but I agree with you that in a a combat sense, if they're taking away weapons from your opponent, they're also taking away weapons from you. And that's kind of obviously how you see it. Now, you mentioned pro, you're giving yourself another high-level ranked amateur opponent. I mean, really high-end guys, um, back to back here. And obviously, you've said before on this show that you you do want to go pro. Are you looking for a certain performance in November? Are you looking for a certain number of fights, or is it a private discussion with you and your coach, which would be cool if that's what you want to say? Private uh
1: private discussion with my private coach. discussion, but, sure. Yeah. Um but, sure, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take a couple more amateur fights for sure because I've had a long layoff. You know, it's been almost a year. It'll be a year, I think, since I've fought. So it's, you know, I just want to get over, back in there yeah. and get comfortable and, yeah.
0: Well, that's wise, um, particularly because you also recently changed gyms and it's good that you've got the academy guys. Yeah, shout out to
1: you. and the academy. I love everybody there. They're great. Huge it's shout been, out to them.
0: Yeah.
1: It's good for robbery It's like a brotherhood. So it's dope.
0: It is. It's good. I know Coach Dave, the boxing coach, recently had a uh, a woman make her debut in boxing, pro boxing, and and got a win. Which uh, do you train with her at all? Or
1: I don't, but I, I've watched her train, and she's very scary. She's definitely <laughs> dangerous. Uh, she spars with the guys too, so she takes us out. So I've never sparred with her. I watched her spar with a couple of the guys, and I was kind of shook. So I just went yeah. to the junior varsity side of the gym to spar. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> she's a beast. I think that's an exciting part about gyms and and people that don't either train in a gym or get to a gym. That's a fight gym. We're not talking like an L.A. fitness fitness gym. We're talking about fight gym is that there's that camaraderie. But then there's also if if anybody's doing well in the gym, even if it's not MMA, it's boxing or whatever, it helps the whole gym atmosphere. Right. What's that like when anybody's good at anything, it kind of brings the gym up.
1: Oh, for sure. When, like, when Tika won, dude, I was ecstatic. She's a monster. Um, But really, we we haven't had many fights coming up. Uh, Like, we haven't had any fights, really, since I've been there. Um, But now that everybody's announced a fight, uh, John versus uh, Pico. uh, Schilling, I think, has a fight coming up. Justin Patton. uh, I think Brandon and I, like, we're all grinding off each other and learning and just sharing skills and just really just trying to sharpen each other up for, uh, the fights in November, late November here.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, And given a lot of morale on the side, with Kama in the gym and John taking big fights and uh, just everybody pushing each other. It's great.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I remember I started doing MMA fancast just a little, I guess it's a year and a half ago now and John and Kama both said it, um, on, on this show that, They felt like they were being overlooked in the regional scene, which they were two four seven gave them the opportunity, both of them to become champs, you know, and, and that really helped because um, that was kind of the launching pad for them. But it is always surprising on the regional level that you can have monsters like Kama, pretty much undiscovered. John days is pretty much undiscovered or even you not yet pro. And what's it like knowing when you train with these high level guys, knowing that it took a while for them to make it but when they did it happened like literally overnight
1: uh there's that one video of Kama uh right after i think he fought Devonte, knocked him out two yeah. four seven republished yeah. everybody had it up yeah um he basically talks about riding your dream, dreams into the ground and you know for like a young kid like me like you like this is a big sport it's a tough sport like anything could happen like my leg could snap tomorrow and like i couldn't be able to fight tomorrow yeah. but when he talks to us he motivates us like right after class like we'll do, we'll do sparring and he puts us through a workout. And then Dave or one of the head guys, like one of the senior coaches, like John, uh, Jake, Justin, comma, Dave, they're all, or uh, Chris Williams. They'll give us like a speech. You know what I mean? Like just to keep us confident and like, just like, let us know that there's always, they're always going to be there for us no matter what. And kind of don't worry about the outcome. Just have fun in the process and make the process fun. So
0: I think making I think the process kind of Guys like
1: them, Making the process
0: fun is a great mindset to have. Um what do you do day job wise given the fact that you're still young and you're you're not pro yet? So I'm curious always how people juggle their schedules.
1: I'm a bouncer at a a bar, a local bar called Whiskey Rhythm. Shout out to them too. They're great, Brian and Ace. Great wings. We have the best wings in the area. I don't care what anybody says.
0: There it is. Give them a shout out. Um Given, given COVID, how has that impacted your actual job job since March? You know, because the bar bouncing scene has to have changed a little bit since yeah. COVID.
1: It's, uh, it's pretty rough uh, because sometimes we only can have certain numbers, certain days, and just all depends on what the like the restrictions are. And uh, I'm my job is to keep people at the door for like over uh, capacity or on capacity or whatever. And uh, people get upset because they want to get in and uh, get wings or uh, like Fridays and Saturdays, they want to get into dance. So mm-hmm. It's uh, it's pretty hectic, but I love it.
0: It's always nice when you can, as a fighter, that you can have any job, no matter what it is. John De Jesus as you know, but I love to give him a shout out, is a professional arborist, is up in trees yeah. all the time. Yeah. We've even talked on this show about how he uses his tree work uh, his manual labor and G work to stay in shape because that's how he conditions and he's fighting for Bellator um, and he's still climbing trees. So um shout out to everybody that's kind of dual employed, but also like you mentioned the employers that are giving you the opportunity to still have a job while you train. So do you do most of your training daytime? Is that how you do it or
1: I just schedule it around work, but uh, my work, like shout out again to Brian and Ace. They always work with me. They Whatever I need, they get, they help me with everything. They also are sponsoring me for the fight. so shout out to them again. Uh, yeah, give the name. I love that I have them in my life. What's up? Give the name
0: of the club again. Uh, Whiskey Rhythm. There you go. Absolutely. Cool. Speaking of sponsors, give us your sponsor list. Who else do you need to, to thank?
1: Big Nerds Tattoos in New Brighton. Um, Noah Wallace, Louis Armazani is going to be sponsoring me for uh, I think it's an event on the 12th. I'm going with him. Uh, I forget it's a security company. I can't, I don't know what I can say or what can, not yet, but there's okay, gonna be a complete Uh, uh, Steve Cable's tree remo- stump and tree removal, and uh, I can't think off the top of my head right now <laughs> if I have any more, but um, well, just yeah. say you thank yeah. them all, just yeah, thank all one of my sponsors, yeah. I'm excited. I got a spar tonight, so I'm pumped.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We, we won't keep you on too much longer. I do want to always point out to people that maybe look at the UFC and don't realize what regional amateur or pro fighters go through, but the mom-and-pop shops, the sponsorships from the blue-collar level, the, the tire shops, the tree and stump removal, the funeral homes, for goodness sake, whatever it is. All the haircuts, all the hairstylist plays that sponsor us now. Yeah. I love it. It yeah, all matters. And and that's where people don't always understand is that fighters can't get either the, the time, the money, the the material, the, the supplies, whatever it is, without relying on. And all too often, those really important sponsorships, when you get to the bigger level, you're not even allowed those sponsorships. So shout out to all the local businesses who are spending time, effort and money sponsoring local fighters to help them. I um, mean, obviously help their business, but I don't think any local promotion or local fighter would do without it. What do you look forward to most? We'll wrap up on this question. What do you look forward to the most in your sparring? When you go into sparring, what, what excites you the most getting out there to spar? Cause tonight's sparring.
1: I'm having fun and just training with training with common, like John and them. Cause they make everything like cool. Like they can make everything flow. Like I could have a really bad day. I get in there and I'm sparring. Well, really anybody at the Academy and We just make each other laugh. We talk to each other while we spar. We just help each other. Like I said, it's just like a brotherhood. I love it there. Um, But uh, yeah, just, just look to have fun. Really. That's just have fun and enjoy the process. George St. Pierre was saying that the other day and uh, I had asked my, one of my coaches Dave for advice and he had said the same thing. And I saw George posted that video. I think it was yesterday. Uh, If he could tell himself something when he was younger, uh, enjoy the process and don't worry about the outcome. And that's pretty much how I've been, uh, living ever since the last fight so
0: well that is a huge that is a huge mindset i encourage everybody whether you're a fighter or not enjoying the process instead of fixating on the outcome because you can enjoy the process and you can control what you do in the process so shout out to you very much looking forward to both of the 247 fighting championships fights coming up the brawl and the bergs they are the day before thanksgiving and the saturday after chase thanks so much for coming on the show
1: thank you